Mainstream media outlets do not cater for the needs of you as a Muslim. There are topics which they will completely ignore, for example, the hijab ban that is happening in India, the Islamophobia that Muslim women all over in the West are facing. They don't even report Palestine or Syria in a balanced manner. So through my podcast and my YouTube channel, I discuss the topics specifically related to Muslim women that particular mainstream popular culture will not discuss. Topics like critiquing feminism, topics such as number of hijab bands, niqab bands that are happening in India, in France, in Canada. These are challenges that Muslim women are facing and I'm going to keep continuing to shine a light on these topics. So inshallah I would love your help and support in continuing to create this content for Muslim women which is challenging the very negative Islamophobic narrative that we are being given. I think as a Muslim creator, we should be producing content that is Islamic, that is well-researched and provides hope to Muslim women and men that as Muslims, when we see an evil, we can change it with our hand, we can speak about it or we can hate it in our heart. And I think some of us are able to create videos and podcasts and others who are not able to do that, like yourself, you can support that work as well and gain in the reward, inshallah, by contributing and supporting to my Patreon page. The link is in the description below. Inshallah, may Allah reward you and please do the well for all the Muslims around the world that we can continue to challenge this Islamophobic narrative but always remember that Allah is with the righteous. Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Farhat Dameen and Alhamdulillah today I've got a um, regular guest that we have on the podcast. Her name is Seher and her Instagram page is Bookie Fiction and when Seher's come on previously she's uh, shared some of her mashallah, really uh, detailed book reviews with us. You can also read her book reviews on Instagram and Goodreads. And in case you're not on Instagram or Goodreads, you can uh, read them on my website, smartmuslima.com. Uh, so today, Sahar's going to be sharing her Ramadan book recommendations, which I'm really happy about because I've set time aside. I'm hoping to detox my social media a little bit and do more reading of, of Islamic books. How are you and the family? Yeah, alhamdulillah, everyone's okay. And yeah, we're really looking forward to Ramadan as well. I think everyone's just preparing this weekend because it's. I think it's going to be on Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, yeah I know loads sure. of people that are prepping. How yeah. how do you prep for Ramadan? Um, so I think the first thing that needs to be done in my house is for it to be clean. So we've been doing a oh. major clean this morning. Oh my God, that, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I did today. Yeah. I, I don't understand why I did it. Because <laughs> I, I feel like when your house is clear, like you have a clearer mind and then you can actually get, you know, into the mindset of Ramadan, what you need to do and set your goals and things. So yeah, that's what we've been doing this morning. Yeah, um, I cleaned, I think I spent an hour cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> And, and then I got onto the kitchen. Um, yeah. I think partly I don't I don't want to do it in Ramadan. I'll clean exactly, <laughs> but exactly, I, yeah. but not a deep clean. No, no, that's why it's better to get all of this stuff done before. So yeah, that's what we're doing in terms of prepping and then um, just putting up some you know like nice decorations and like fairy lights and things just to you know get into the vibe of it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, get that Ramadan feeling. Um, yeah. Have you bought your dates? I, I went out and got yes dates and yogurt and ketchup which yeah. are essential for Ramadan 
Yeah, my mum's been doing like a lot of shopping for Ramadan. So we've got um, like Ajwa dates and some other things that we've kind of got from the markets. Also, we do really good. Um, they have really good dates in our market. So, yeah, we've stocked up on all of those on the last. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. So let's begin then. So what's the first book recommendation for Ramadan? So the first book recommendation is a book by Ustada Jinan Yusuf, and it's called Reflecting on the Names of Allah. So I found this book through a kind of another female-led Islamic podcast that I listen to quite regularly, um, whereby the hosts were interviewing the author, so Ustada Jinan Yusuf. Um, so Reflecting on the Names of Allah is basically a book that is about how to know and establish and maintain a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and that's done via understanding that Ismail Husna, which is, you know, his beautiful names and qualities and attributes. Um, and one thing that they mentioned on the podcast regard, uh, regarding this book was about how to connect with each one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names in different moments of our lives. So perhaps we're going through a difficult situation, you know, there's a word of, there's a name of Allah that we can kind of incorporate to our, into our life and understand it. And then how can Allah help us through the situation? And, you know, like when you're going through specific trials and tribulations or even, you know, happy moments, um, we should always be cognizant of the qualities of Allah and, yeah, just, you know, his names in general. So, you know, finding that deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. And is it a, is it a long book? Um, I haven't. OK, so I've been trying to get this book for weeks, but it's sold out in the UK. So I haven't actually read it, but oh. what I have done. Yeah. So I listened to the podcast. I read some reviews and it just seems much like a really brilliant book um because how often do we kind of sit down and contemplate on the names of Allah like we maybe do it like during Ramadan then we kind of forget about it throughout the entire year so I know that this is something that I've personally set as my own goal this Ramadan to understand who Allah is via his names and use it as a means to get closer to him so I can't think of a better time to do that than doing it during Ramadan but I also kind of want to make it a long-term goal in the sense that I want to reflect on them constantly throughout the entire year and you know my entire life um but yeah, that's that's okay. the first book recommendation. Excellent. So, uh, so can you repeat the title, please? Yeah, it's called "Reflecting on the Names of Allah" by Ustada Jinan Yusuf. Okay, wonderful. Um, right, what's what's the next one? So the next book is a popular book by Imam Ghazali. It's called "Inner Dimensions of Islamic Worship," and I actually read this book last Ramadan, and it was just so instrumental in revitalizing and enhancing my salah. Um, so I think for many of us, especially those of us that have been praying for, you know, most of our lives, we don't realise that Salah just happens to become this very ritualistic and habitual practice. And we forget to be mindful and conscious of, you know, our actions, the bodily movements that we're doing and the words that we're uttering in Salah. So, you know, these are both really highly significant aspects of the Salah. Um, but what I think this stems from, so this lack of connection or, you know, just making it into a kind of mindless ritual is that we don't actually know Arabic in the first instance. So without that very basic understanding of what we're reciting, we really lack that connection and cognizance. So you can just stand there in Salah with your hands folded. You don't know what you're reciting. And I think that's where the problem lies. So you don't know what you're saying. You don't know, you know how am I praising Allah? What exactly am I saying? So for me personally, a few years ago when I was just really fed up and I was like, I need to get something more out of my prayer like you know we're, when we're when we're children we're so emphasized to learn Arabic you know learn specific surahs of the Quran but that understanding and the translation is very lacking we don't really learn that so a few years ago when I was just really fed up I decided to learn okay I'm going to learn the translation of the Salah what does every single word and 
versus mean. And I think that's what was the kind of pivotal moment in my life. And that was what was truly life changing. So now when I recite, although I'm reciting the Arabic out loud, my, ma- my mind is automatically translating and digesting the verses. And, you know, slowing down obviously helps as well. You know, you're not supposed to rush your salah. Um, so in this book, Imam Ghazali yokes each of the five pillars. So that is shahada, salah, zakah, sawm, and hajj to the inner realm of the soul. Um, and one thing that he states in the book, which I found very kind of like, it kind of, it was just very frank and candid was he goes, um, what is the point of reciting, show us the straight path if one is in a state of absent-mindedness? And it's just so true because, we recite Surah, Surah Fatiha in every single rakah and it's just like, you know, we're saying, guide us to the straight path, guide us to the straight path, but why are we saying this if we're just, you know, reading Salah very mindlessly? Mm. So, yeah, yeah that, this is a really good, yeah, a very yeah, so good book. Was that, did, did you, again, I'm wondering about the length of that. Is that something you'd recommend that you like kind of read a little bit every day? Yeah, this is actually a very short book. You can find oh. it on Amazon or uh, Kindle. Um, you can pr- pretty much read it all in one go, or you can, you know, take your time with it. Um, but it's quite a, it's quite a quick read, and I think this is something that can, you know, you'll get a, the quick win of this is that you will just really transform your salah. So I just uh-huh. think this is a really brilliant one. Yeah. Okay. And so, what was the name of that book again? So it's called Inner Dimensions of Islamic Worship by Imam Ghazali. Inner dimensions of Islamic worship. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I've I read, um, I've read a small book of Ghazali, Imam Ghazali's, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I think it's advice to a student. It's on mm-hmm. the bookshop. I, I can't. I'd grab it now. Um, and that was quite nice and succinct. Um, like sometimes with Ghazali, you can. Sometimes people are put off by reading anything by Imam Ghazali. Just think, oh, it's gonna be really heavy. Yeah. And I don't think I understand it. It's gonna um, because he's so intelligent, he's so philosophical. Sure. But I think, yeah, the, uh, this sounds like a very good. Um, it could be like a beginner book for Imam Ghazali. If, if any, if, you're, if any of the listeners are thinking, yeah, I'd like to do something, then would you say this is a good book to start? Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to read. No, like convoluted language or anything. You know, it's quite accessible for low, you know, many ages. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Um, and what's the third book? So the third book is Etiquette with the Quran by Imam Nawawi. Um, so this book has advice on how we approach the Quran, how we treat it. Um, you know, in terms of treating it, so whether we're reciting it or whether we're um, approaching, you know, the physical mushaf, the physical copy that we have. What's the etiquette that goes with that? Um, so it includes chapters on wudu, so ritual cleanliness. What are the best times to recite? Um, and the etiquettes that students of Quran should have with their teachers and vice versa. So that's a very important part of when you're learning the Quran or memorizing the Quran or, you know, learning the Jweed or something like that. You know, we, there's a respect that we show to our teachers and that teachers show to their students. And this book kind of delves into that. Um, and I think this book is quite vital because, you know, we definitely have a duty to respect the words of Allah. We have a duty to respect the Quran. Um, so, for example, um, we shouldn't just begin reciting ayat of the Quran immediately following ordinary speech. We add the, bis- uh, the we add the buffer of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, um, out of respect to distinguish our speech, you know, whatever we're speaking English or do from the divine speech of Allah. So it's kind of like these little, um, you know, these manners and etiquettes mm. that we have when we're re- reciting the Quran. So that's you know, it's quite. A, I think this one's quite good for beginners as well. Mm-hmm. Just how we approach the Quran. Yeah, that that's really interesting. When I I, I remember when I did a course, um, and I, we learned about that, 
And it's funny how a number of the etiquettes, they've actually within kind of, okay, I'm, I'm Pakistani, it's a Pakistani culture. They mm -hmm. actually have them in there. And, and I had, it's interesting, you know, it's easy to gate or just disregard some of the things that come from culture because you think, oh, there's, you know, this is just yeah. Pakistanis saying stuff and made, <laughs> always making up stuff. But it was very interesting that, when I saw the um, etiquette, I thought, this is what my parents used to tell me. Yeah, And yeah. so there is, just because they may not have known the evidences and they hadn't written it down. Yeah, so that that sounds like a really good book. Who's the, so it's Imam Nawawi. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, these. this must be translation of Arabic. Yes, it is a translation. I think this is um, similar to the Imam Ghazali book in the sense that it's not too long. So, you know, you can read it as a beginner. Mm -hmm. um, okay yeah. excellent and so um what's the next book on your list so the next one is a contemporary read it's called the heart of the quran by asim khan so this is an exploration of surah yasin which is you know quite a popular surah many of us recite it on a daily basis in the morning and um what one thing about this book is that it contains illustrations so it's good for people that are more visual learners. Like for me, for example, if I'm studying an Islamic topic, I'm drawing diagrams and, you know, flow charts and things like that, just to make it, just to, you know, uh, solidify it in my own memory. Um, so I think this is a good book for people that, one, love Surya Yasin, which I'm sure most of us do, and two, that are visual learners. Um, and this, I think this book is found, you can find it's available in most kind of Islamic bookshops in the UK and I think the US as well, but definitely in the UK, like Q Publishing and things, so... Uh -huh. yeah that's quite uh, an accessible one and um is it is that because I've seen that book there was another sister who who I know did a review of that and is this for teenagers would you say as well could yeah, teenagers read so. it and get it yeah it's got you know quite simple language I think a lot of the books that are in my recommendations for Ramadan this year are quite simple to understand there's nothing really convoluted about it mm -hmm. because yeah because if um I know if if there are any mums listening that um they're always looking for easy to um, um easy reads to give to their teenagers in particular mm -hmm. okay younger kids I think it's quite you're the younger kid Muslim books for young children and there there's mashallah loads of them I think you know that stage with like teenage young adult or yeah. teenage I don't know how much there is out there, but the what you're recommending sounds like that would, you know, be good for teenagers and, you know, young adults as well. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, because I've never thought of it like that, because obviously we have, on the one hand, you've got all the children's Islamic books, and then you have the ones for, like, adults. But, yeah, I think there is a, a you know, the teenage gap really needs to be kind of solidified and built on so that, you know, teenagers that are in high school or starting university and things like that, they have a range of books that, are accessible and easy to understand for them and relate to them as well. Mm. Um, so a lot of these books, when they do talk about, you know, like Arabic words and Arabic terminology, they do translate it alongside. So you're not completely lost when you're reading it, which is really handy. Yeah, that's that sounds good. And Asim Khan, I've heard some of his talks previously, and he is very um, like, yeah, mashallah, I really like him. Uh, he yeah. and his the way he explains things is uh, isn't too complicated. It's mm -hmm. easy to understand. Definitely, he's from the UK, and um, and I know he works with the youth a lot. So. Okay, mm -hmm. how is that a new book then, or is that been around for a while? I think this has been around for certainly. I remember seeing it like last year or the year before, so it has been around for quite a while. But um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure the exact kind of release date mm-hmm. or publication date of it. Okay, wonderful. So the next book is one that I haven't personally read this, but I've heard really good things about this and I intend to read it after Ramadan, inshallah. It's called The Crowning Venture by Sadia Mian. So this is a book of inspiration from women who have memorized the Quran. So mm. it contains inspirational stories and memorization techniques that help the reader memorize the Quran. Um, and one thing that I really look forward to when I read this book is that um, I'm kind of getting more into like Islamic female scholarship and learning more about that and reading more books kind of about women, by women. Um, so I think this is really good. You know, as women, we don't really have like I think the norm kind of is listening to, you know, male speakers, male sheikhs and things like that. So to actually have a book that has stories from, you know, female Quran recites, I think that's really inspirational, motivational for us because, you know, the most famous kind of Quran reciters are men. They're the ones we kind of, they are go to, you know, if you're listening to Mishari Al-Afasi or something like that. Um, it's really hard to find female ones. So I think this is really inspirational to us as women. Um, in fact, I didn't hear or know of any like kind of renowned female Quran reciters until a couple of years ago. And I'm in my twenties and that's just really sad to me. Cause it's like, you know, I could have grown up listening to female reciters and that would have empowered me and inspired me to want to recite Quran more. Um, so it's really empowering to have these women to look up to. Yeah, that's, that's very true because I'll be honest, I still don't know. I, I, I go on when I listen, it's mystery that I go on to um, yeah. because that's what I've been, it's funny. I used to listen to the tapes previously and now it's on, mm-hmm. um, I listened to him on YouTube and I, and yeah, that's very, I'd never even thought of that um, mm. because there's such a thing around a woman's voices hour that, you know, yeah. she can't, that, okay, we know we don't sing in public, you know, we don't do that and we don't um, sing in front of a male audience, but because of it, it's so, um, it, it's like we kind of, go OTT kind of, you know yeah and I don't think there's any reason to apply that to the Quran because yeah. obviously speaking in a seductive manner or singing that's not like reciting the Quran you, that's you know you're reciting the words of Allah so it's kind of we kind of you know apply principles that are meant for one thing onto something that's you know could empower loads of like there would have been loads of hafizas by now if women's voice wasn't considered older in the sense that it, you know in, sense, in, the, in terms of like it being applied to the Quran mm. so quite sad yeah I know isn't it so interesting how you're right the more you start it when you start learning about the whole topic of women in Islam and the rights that Allah's given women when you actually make an effort to do that and I I can understand completely why some women may not have the time or the resources to do that but um when you do you then realize oh my goodness I should have done this a long time it's so important that I do know what Allah wants has given me and what Allah has allowed me to do because then I'm then going to go and do it and I'm going to mm-hmm. rather than taking it on like secondhand information that oh you can't do this or you can't do that because we do start self-restricting so much mm-hmm. to the point where you, you put yourself in this box as a Muslim woman yeah. and and then no wonder people look at us and think oh you're not allowed to do anything but yeah half of it isn't even Islamic <laughs> yeah exactly um it's yeah it's a real eye opener um so okay alhamdulillah so that that I guess sounds like a much um, a very good book and who mm. who who wrote that then is it was it compiled by someone did you say um yes it's the author is Sadia Mian so I think Sadia she Mian. it contains stories from different women and who have recited who have memorized the Quran mm-hmm. wow. mm. and because memorizing Quran in itself is 
Mashallah, such an amazing feat. Brilliant, Mashallah, yeah. You know, I know one yes. person who has, and I was like quite amazed, like she did it when she was younger and mm-hmm. no, I know two, I know two, yeah. And um, wow. yeah, so that's Alhamdulillah, that sounds brilliant. Um, so what's your, what's, what's, uh, what's another book you're recommending? So we're slowly getting to the end. So okay. <laughs> So this one is actually one that I've started. I started this last week. It's called Gateway to the Quranic Sciences by Imam Siyuti. Mm. Um, so this book is about the Ulum al-Quran, which is the sciences of uh, sciences associated with understanding the Quran, the revelation. Um, and this book is, it's not the actual book. It's a summary of Imam Siyuti's Al-Itqan Fi Ulum al-Quran. Um, so it talks about the nature and order of revelation, wording, you know, Arabic wording expressions and how the Quran should be recited. Um, so I think it's a good read for those who want to learn more about, so if you want to learn more about the context of revelation and kind of the major themes within the Quran. Um, yeah, so I've just started it, so I can't really give more than that. But inshallah, I'm going to, this is one of my Ramadan reads. So hopefully mm-hmm. I can, you know, do a review on that post Ramadan. Yeah, inshallah. And are you during Ramadan? Do you um, like kind of not read so much non? Um, sorry, don't read as much fiction as you normally would. Do you, or is that not the case? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't read fiction at all during Ramadan. I just okay. don't see the point of it because it's kind of like you know the there's so much more that I could be doing and that's more beneficial even if it is like an Islamic fiction book I just don't see the point of it and I know loads of other people on bookstagram and instagram who don't also don't do that so they'll still keep their accounts active but they'll post you know more Islamic things and Islamic books rather than reading kind of nonsensical fiction books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah like I can I can totally understand why people are like I, I remember it's funny when we were going up um during Ramadan my dad would ban the tv <laughs> it would literally be <laughs> oh, unplugged <gosh>. and yeah <laughs> and we're like <laughs> and no one's touching the tv and at the, when we were young we hated it it was like and oh. you know and you couldn't you didn't have uh, we didn't have computers our own yeah. computers or laptops or anything like that but mm-hmm. now I totally understand why he I get that. it absolutely yeah <laughs> Because the thing is, even for me, like in general, I don't really watch much TV. Like I'm working and then when I finish work, the, the only other thing I want to do is read. So mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah for that. But yeah. <laughs> and when I do watch, it's kind of just documentaries and things. I don't really watch anything yeah. apart from that. But yeah, no, I totally get that. Like as a child, you'd be like, I want to watch it. I don't know what Netflix or whatever. And then <laughs> you get older and you're like, oh my God, banning the TV is a brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing what happens as you get older, yeah. you get older wise. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Excellent. So, and um, is this your, what's next? Is this the last recommendation or are this? Um... Um, there's three more. <laughs> oh, wonderful. This, no, um, no, that's yeah. brilliant. I was thinking, yeah. no, I don't want to, uh, yeah. So what's the next one? So this is another book that I've heard really good things about. Um, I don't know if it's available in the UK. It might be available on Amazon, but this is called Heart's Turn by Michael Sugik. I don't have to say his surname, but yes, yeah, by Michael Sugik. And this book is about Thelba. So it's about how to reconcile our shortcomings and the sins that we have and how to use that as a way to bring us back to Allah. So as we know, and this kind of links into the other reflecting on the names of Allah book that I mentioned first, one of Allah's names is At-Tawab and Tawbah itself means to turn or to return to goodness. So At-Tawab, which is one of Allah's names, means it's the acceptor of this return. So the acceptor of repentance or the oft returning. Um, So in this book, the author details stories of people around the globe who have kind of turned their lives around and I think this is one thing that's really good for 
kind of the lay Muslim who's like, oh, well, where do I start? You know, I've got so many sins. I've done so much mm. wrong in my life. You know, there's no there's no turning back for me. Like, where do I go from this? And I think that it ties into this whole feeling of, you know, helplessness that we often have. And we're like, well, I've done this wrong. Like, there's no point starting now. Why should I start? So I think this is one of those inspirational reads where you look at people who have probably done worse things than you. But, and you know, if they can turn their lives around, why can't, why can't I? Why can't we? Mm, um, so yeah. this is one that I definitely need to kind of read as well. Mm-hmm, that's very true. That's yeah. That's yeah. A, so, so what was the name of that book again? Um, Hearts Turn. Hearts Turn. And um, yeah. is that an American book? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think he's British, but I'll need to double check that. Mm. I don't really know much about the author. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so, what's uh, what's the next one on the list? So the next one is. Al Shama'il al Muhammadiyah by Imam Dirmidi. And I think, you know, many people have either read this or read a kind of summarized version of it. Because I've read the summarized version of it, but I recently got my hands on the actual copy. And it's just such an aesthetically beautiful book. I would really recommend getting your hands on this. Um, I know Imam Ghazali Institute sell it, which are they're, they're a US bookstore. Um, but I'm sure you can find it in the UK as well. So this is basically a comprehensive and detailed work on the physical and spiritual qualities and attributes of the Prophet mm-hmm. um, so it provides detailed description of both his physical characteristics and his inner beauty and mannerisms um, and I think this is a really integral read because you know Ramadan is the month of the Quran and in order to understand Islam and the Quran we need to know the person to whom it was revealed so we read these seerah books but how often do we read about his you know physical characteristics وسلم, and how he you know treated people and things like that um, so yeah, it's, it's integral for us to know the person to who the Quran was revealed in the first instance. So by understanding and knowing the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we can you know fully comprehend the Quran and God's message. Um, I don't know if you've read this or read a summarized version of it. I've um, I read um, I've read a number of Sira books, mm-hmm. um, the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I do um, you know when you read about the Prophet Sallallahu daily life and the way he looked yeah. and things like that, it then makes you, you then, it, it's, it's like having a friend, like you vision, if, when you spend time with someone and then you start to see how nice they are, then you want to spend mm-hmm. more time with them and then you begin to love them and you like them and and then you want, to, so then if we want, and I found that um, that helped me then want to follow his example. Yeah. Whereas if you don't know anything, about the Prophet ﷺ, then how are you going to, you, it's not just, of course, you know, we know we we believe in the Prophet ﷺ, we believe in Allah, we believe in uh, mm-hmm. the Prophet ﷺ, but I think we, I found that when I made an effort to do that, it then made me think, yeah, I want to be like him and my, I want to do what he did. And he was such a nice, but like, you have yeah, to make funny. an effort. And, um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's really important that um and I, I'm actually thinking of seriously reading a Sira um again. Like um I remember there was time, I think I'm when I was oh, it was a while ago, I might maybe read five in a row because I, I wanted to oh, well, like, I, read, I remember reading Karen Karen Ann Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. She's a Christian yeah. um uh nun, I was about to call her nurse. No, she's not <laughs> a nun. <laughs> And her version, yeah. I remember Martin Ling's version, and I remember yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Sealed Nectar, and mm-hmm. then there was uh, oh, you know, like, uh, because I wanted to know. Um, and it, oh gosh, and then though, I remember there's some 
one I can't remember who it was he it was a non-Muslim guy and he wrote a really awful one oh, and no. it was so good that having read a few and I thought and I didn't know much back then I thought oh well, he's lying even mm. though I didn't know uh, like yeah. I maybe because how come they all didn't mention it mm-hmm. so yeah this sounds like a, a, a very good book to revisit um it's like kind of it sounds like you'd get to know the prophet sallam better yeah definitely because I think even growing up as children when you're being taught Islam at a very basic level your parents are like okay well you need to love the prophet and it's just like well I need to know him do you know what I mean like obviously we do love unconditionally but it's kind of like your love for him is enhanced when you actually understand him understand his personality his characteristics like such a beautiful human being Marshall and I think this is something that we should really kind of you know when we have kids or if we're raising kids to really instill that love of the Rasul into their hearts by kind of indulging in these kind of books like the Shema'al in particular you know because I I think as children children are very visual as well so Mm. when you're explaining you know his physical features his hair his smile his stature everything like that that helps them um you know understand him and then you can you know indulge into his characteristics and manners how we treated people and things like that I think that's something really integral especially for children to have mm-hmm. that kind of visualization aspect of him yeah yeah no that sounds good um okay so is are we now on the final recommendation yes oh, okay <laughs> yeah okay so this one is a very popular book I, you probably heard of it it's called purification of the heart by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf oh yes um, I have yeah so yeah I'm um, I can't remember if I've read this there's like my brain is just a database I have to think about okay have I read this book or have I not I don't think this is one that I've read but I know it's a very popular work and um loads of people really recommend it so that's why I've included it in the list because it's definitely one I'm going to read as well um so this the purification of the heart is basically Hamza Yusuf's um translation and expansion on Imam Mawlud's Matharat al-Qulub which is purification of the heart so um, in this book, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf talks about what makes our hearts so diseased and dark. And, you know, when we commit sins, that basically puts this kind of pressure and disease on our heart and how we can go about curing our heart. Um, so when we talk about diseases of the heart, we're referring to obviously spiritual maladies. So things like jealousy, envy, hatred, arrogance, lust, those kind of like negative feelings. Um, and I think the whole purpose of Ramadan is self-discipline and control. So in this work, um, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf talks about how we can overcome these diseases and kind of purify and heal our hearts. So purification of the heart is kind of like, you know, Thuzkiya, we need to uh, purify our souls and our hearts and to actually understand the type of human beings we're supposed to be. Because obviously we all sin, we all fall into things like jealousy and envy and things like that, but we need to really work on ourselves and kind of nipping it in the bud and not letting those negative negative feelings manifest more than they need to um and I think with this this sounds like one of those books that you can just come back to again and again um when you need a refresher or if you feel yourself spiraling or having negative thoughts um for example if you know we all live on social media these days so when we see people that have more than us or live in beautiful houses and are pretty and things like that we it makes us feel you know a sense of envy or jealousy why can't I look like that why can't I have that giant house that this person's in and you know those kind of negative thoughts so I think this book will be really integral in just you know t- making us take a step back and just reevaluating our feelings mm, yeah yeah that because it's it's interesting that Ramadan is the t- um because the shaitans are all tied up 
then mm -hmm. we can, and it's giving us a chance here to, to you know, to, to become, you know, this is a, this is a cliche, you know, the best version of ourselves as a Muslim. Yeah, and yeah, so that sounds like a good, and it's, and the thing is that it's sometimes, I know there've been times, it depends on um, who you listen to, but so the purifying your heart can be um, seen as, oh, it's, it is, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit Sufi. What are you, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. uh, people don't like, I don't know. I've, they don't take it seriously. Yeah, I think. that's I think it. Like, oh, it's just, you know, Sufi mumbo jumbo purifying the heart. What about the external actions? And, mm. you know, we have to think, well, our external actions are only as good as our soul, if that makes sense. Mm. So once we purify ourselves, then our external actions will be enhanced because we understand who we are as people and how we should treat other people. Yeah, yeah, because with the with our outer, it's very easy to do things to be seen, um, mm. and that there's a particular way we want people to think ourselves. But ultimately, Allah does know what's in our heart, and. Mm -hmm. We do need to, and that the that very famous hadith about, and I'm paraphrasing that, you know, about mm. that if your heart is clean, you know, there's a there's a um, there's a piece of flesh inside you that if it's you know mm -hmm. unclean and and it's dark, then the rest of you, you know that's going to affect the rest of your your life and your actions, and it's really it's funny how uh, again as you become as you mature you become wiser to this where it's very quick to look at people and judge them on their outer appearance so mm -hmm. and the thing is that the good thing is this is a very personal thing purifying your heart you know why not do it it's not like you have to mm -hmm. um sell you know broadcast to everyone that I'm doing this that I'm a really jealous person and I'm, I'm really greedy you just you know if you're greedy or jealous yeah. or, you know yeah so work on it for yourself you know um, exactly you know it's like the idea if you hold grudges grudges harm the person you the most the person yes. you're holding the grudge against they have no idea you're holding that grudge exactly um, but okay so alhamdulillah yeah. so yeah <coughs> so that's okay I think that's a brilliant list if what I'll do, um, I'll put it, I'll put this list on, on the website as well. But like I said, you can, I think you've got a post, haven't you, on your Instagram page, Bookkeeping. Yeah. yeah. So for listeners, if you, you know, if you're on Instagram, put, go to um, Sarah's um, page and you can then see that list straight away. And then if you don't have Instagram, I'll, I'll put it on my website, smartmuslima.com. But Jazakallah khair, Sarah, as usual, it's lovely speaking to you. Oui, and, yes, uh, thank you. Ramadan Mubarak to you and your family in advance. Yeah, Ramadan Kareem. Um, so yes, take care and we'll speak again soon, inshallah. Yes, inshallah. Inshallah, if you found this podcast useful, please leave a review so others can find out about it. Currently, this podcast is a one-man band. I do produce and do everything on my own. But unfortunately, due to health issues, I'm going to have to reduce the frequency of the episodes that I'm creating. So I really do need to hire some people to help me to produce the podcast and to really market it as well. Now, inshallah, you can help me and support me by doing dua, inshallah, for my health. And secondly, by donating. You can do that via the link in the podcast notes and also on my link tree bio, which is farhatameen underscore UK. 
It's on my Instagram bio as well. Your donations will help me cover production and overhead course, and you'll be part of this amazing work, helping me to grow the Smart Muslim podcast to another level so that we can reach more people educating and sharing this beautiful deen, Islam. I'm tremendously honoured and blessed to have a community of people who value what I do. So again, thank you so much for your du'as, reviews and donations.